Champ win. He got Chip the Champ. It's going to get desperate, but a champion becomes a legend. From, from, from the card leave in the pool. Eight holes months ago. Here he comes. Boom, right over the top. But out the bush, it is 15, lands clear. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me, pinky thread at the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? He's stayed all closing time. This could be set up for something special. Cassidy has to pull the whip. Welcome to the Racing and Sports in the Office review podcast. Bit of mayhem this morning in Racing and Sports HQ. The system was down this morning, so we're certainly on the back burner with ratings. And just so have it Easter long weekend, which is what you want, Adam, coming into work on a Tuesday. There were a few horses <laughs> to be rated from the weekend. Four days of um, yeah, plenty of racing across the across the world. But we're catching up. We got something to say. We do. The highest rated horse of the weekend, where was it? Uh, you rated the highest rated horse of the weekend in the Satsuki show. I did, I did. I wasn't sure if it was going to get pipped elsewhere. But Geoglyph winning the Japanese 2000 guineas, running a time form rating of 123, beating Equinox and Do Juice, who did start favourite in the race. And on watching the replay, bit of a kind ride, or not, I wouldn't say it was vigorous. He looks on track for the derby, I would imagine, in comparison to previous winners. Uh, Euphoria ran 125, Contrail ran 125 in this race. So it's about on average those two winners are obviously well above, oh, well, not well above, but above what we've seen in recent times. But looked a good race on paper, turned out that way, and expects the derby to be the same. So that deduced the thing that ran third is um, he's arc-entered. He's all prepped up. He's going, well, all things being well, he's... He's going in October as part of the um, the Ark Squad, the Final Frontier. Yeah, so you'll hear more about him mm. and the winner. I would imagine it's always a that is a good race year on year. Uh, whether you've heard of them going in or not, coming out, they're um, you can't get involved there unless you're pretty good. Mm. I think it'd be interesting. We've got the replays at Racing and Sports. Uh, go watch the replay and have a. Have your own thought on what to do, but <laughs> I'm negative about replays at the best of times. The Japanese replays, the camera work <laughs> makes it impossible. Yeah. But. I'm interested in what other people think, but geez, I thought it was a very kind ride. As in, to me, if I was watching that and it was a barrier trial, that's what I would expect in terms of him then going to the next race. But then I watched his start the prior before, and it was a similar ride. So, not knocking, he's one of the best jockeys over there. But yeah, who was it? Yutaki. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, there's no knock on the jock. You're, but going, you're going at the king here. <laughs> <laughs> no knock on the king, but interesting. Interesting to see when he goes up to the derby, obviously. The biggest flop came at home in the All Age Stakes. Dual winners of the biggest flop award in the Congo and Forbidden Love. Yeah, I think that's that's right. They're, they're flops with excuses. Um, and Cascadian went awfully close to knocking the Satsuki show off the, the top-rated list. He ran to 122, which is two pounds better than he'd done before, which was a bit of a surprise to me. Surprise to you? He was unlucky in this race last year. Yeah. And he had been going well. He's run the Doncaster, was good. The only disappointment of the weekend was not taking the double, Kemantari, into Cascadian. But he got it done and a big turnaround uh, from the Godolphin stable after last week. 
firing a few bullets, coming back with nothing to go bang, bang there with, I guess you could say, much maligned horses. Unfairly maligned horses. Mm. But both, to win. Both the, have been good money spinners for Shake Mo, who needs a quid, and for punters who have followed him as well. So, um, yeah, I was surprised that he, he ran a, a slight new peak there because he's obviously been around for a, a long time. But he got a. Um, he got a pretty favourable scenario there, I think, chasing the, the fence around, which seemed to me to be the place to be, and I think most – is that right? Would you yeah. say that? You're, you're more in tune with these things than I am. It seemed to be. Mm. It's funny, though. As soon as someone identifies a pattern early, you start looking for it, and then you find Self-fulfilling. it. Self-fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those ones. But it did seem to be, and it was a case of the reverse bias, right? So you want to lead and be on fence, and then they blew up in front going too fast. Yeah, so they're the two biggest flops there are, um, have done too much work, and I think the excuse for, for both of them blowing up the way they did, other than just hard racing, hard ground, the ground was... I mean, they might have had a little bit of good weather last week, but it was desperately heavy again. That that ground is... um, It needs a break. <laughs> they've had a, a rough period because you know, they've raced on the heavy side of heavy. Once again, but in the Congo was coming off that four-runner race last week, which we we're talking about no pressure. So he might not exactly have had the, might not have been ready for for such a cold, like a bit of a shock, turning up seven days later and whoosh. And Forbidden Love has had an outstanding preparation, but um, I thought Forbidden Love was my read of things was that her Doncaster run. I was more impressed with her there than anywhere else, just because of the scenario for her, like the way she stuck at it in the Doncaster. I thought was terrific, um, but. Gas now, finished. Comes back in the spring, good tracks. How's that? How are we going to approach her? It's bizarre, isn't it? I'm going to go back to treating her like a listed filly. <laughs> <laughs> but she certainly had it. You know, she's made the most of her time in the sun with no sun. She has. The Colin Morikara Award. Well, you wanted to give the flop to elsewhere, so... Let's let's talk about the the other flop for you there. Well, I think Big Parade is one worth mentioning. That's he just didn't win because he doesn't. We've got some loose rules here, and he wasn't actually very far off his form. But he lost. He lost, and I think it's more the market in the morning in Sydney. There was three odds on favourites. There was four, wasn't there? I think it was four. Big four, all in a row too. Yep. Trying to jog my memory. I was at Uluru, so I was watching it on my phone. And you're you're a bit out of touch when you're in and out of reception. But straight Aaron, who got out in the market on the day, given the way the track was playing, he was going to go back, so that made sense. Had the Philly Fireburn, Espiona, you're right, there's four, and Big Parade. He was the shortest of the four and came off his rating, and he's now been rolled his last three starts when odds on. Yeah, okay. That gets you an honourable flop mention, doesn't it? Yeah, and having a look at the record of Mark Newnham, who most would consider pretty sharp in terms of when they're in the market so last two years he's had 37 odds on favorites for 20 wins against expected wins of 19 three of the 18 that lost were big parade so he's probably his more high profile horse and he's been disappointing at the top end of the market a few times now my personal read of things is he ran about as well as he can and he just bumped into a better horse and the number that kevin tari put up his best since the glory prep since he strung those wins together over Pirata and Trapeze Artist and, and second or third to Winks and started favourite in a Doncaster, that prep, I think this, that was the best he's gone since then and I don't think I don't think um, Big Parade's good enough to knock that off. I know there's not a lot between them on the line, but I'm saying that's, um, that's beyond Big Parade. Special K, 
just on another on another plane. The champ. And the ride to get that number out of him, 119, which I James mentioned going to the Goodwood afterwards, and that's such a great number for the Goodwood. And in the boat ran 117 at an awesome sail meeting on on Good Friday there, um, and ran 117, and he's going the Goodwood, so that's a race. That's so, a Kevin, you know. Big established Kevin Tari versus this young upstart running time figures all over town. We've seen this I'm, before. I'm looking forward to that. That's good. Um, but yeah, Nash gave Kevin Tari, before we even worry about the, are we going to call it an incident? <laughs> Flying up the fence there, pushing the fence out of his way and and charging through. But before he'd even done that, the, the pace angle, which we look at for the Colin Morikara Award, was perfect on Kevin Tari. Got he it flushed exactly, it. He got it exactly right. So the downside, of course, with Colin Morikawa winners is that we're saying couldn't go an inch better. That's him. That is that's as good as Kementari. That's as good as a seven-year-old Kementari can go. He couldn't go an inch better. Which makes sense in terms of his best rating since the Super Prep. Yeah, yeah. He's just had he's had a day. Fresh. His best with him. I have no idea. Looks to be. Yeah. Last few I times they've got him right. That feels like one of those like trying to jam a label on a horse. He'll make he'll make you look like an idiot if you try and do that, but yeah, why not? But anyway, if he if he can repeat that number or go close, he's um he's a real Goodwood player, I would imagine. I hope they do go that way. Nash won't be riding. Nash gets a holiday, um, for the incident there, right? Mm. And I think when he should have got a what he should get a holiday for is the ride that's he's not only won the Morikawa, he's gone and won the Taylor Pendrith Award for the worst ride of the day and the biggest miss on the card. And that was the last on um, Maotai. Maotai. Went a bit quick. I, did he think he was riding Haylist? <laughs> Maotai ain't no Haylist. Wow, that's a, you know, that's your holiday ride. That's your holiday ride. Go and have four weeks. Have a think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I that was just a complete brain fade, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, I love, I mean, we sort of want to encourage jockeys to go quickly, but not, I mean, that was, he just committed suicide. It was kamikaze. So he gave Kementari every possible by putting him through the fence <laughs> and he gave Maotai no chance by leading at a ridiculous and clip. Putting him through the pain barrier. He goes, come on, buddy, you're faster than that. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. People were talking about him putting Kementari in danger. He's putting Maotai in danger going that quick. he blow up, literally. <laughs> <laughs> it was pointed out by Jake Altieri this morning in regards to Nash's ride on Kementari when Kubrick won the Bondi. And Brenton of Dallas, great. <laughs> I can't paint. believe someone can remember Kubrick winning the Bondi. Oh, it's big from Jake. He's coming to the game. But I think uh, I watched the replay this morning in the stewards. It wasn't that much different. Like Nash actually did more damage to the fence than Brenton, but neither caused as much interference with the horses to their inside. Like it's obviously dangerous, and rightly so. The stewards have stepped in, and you know Nash has got a holiday. But if you back Kementari, if you didn't love that, you had to. Yeah. Oh, punters love that. Worrying about that is for jockeys. Yeah, that's not our job. Yeah. So, you know, if jockeys are worried about it, then, you know, that's their business. And if they're worried about it and if it is dangerous, that's for them to decide. And if they decide it is, we'll have a holiday. But I'm sending him off for Maotai. <laughs> that's a shocker. <laughs> you did want to give an honourable mention to Brenton. Oh, I did, yeah. No, that's a good point. And we can touch on the the other group one. Well, Brenton, the pay, I mean, he's very lucky that, by race 10, Nash has had a brain fade there because he, he had the Taylor Pendrith all wrapped up. 
He just about he just about got home with it, Brenton, and Nash went and stole it off him in the last. But um, he left Fireburn with too much to do, particularly on that ground. Way too much to do, and he cost her the triple crown. Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> he got dictated to. Yeah, I, I don't even know what that means. Like he could have got. He had more filly than what he used. He didn't make enough use of a really, really good horse, and she was, by my best estimate, looking at the sectionals, he got. She should have won. She was the best. She was the best filly on the day, mm. and she lost because of pace. You know who's in charge of pace? Jockey. That's what they're hired for. It's like if you have a leak in a pipe, you blame the plumber. We hired a jockey to sort the pace out. He got it wrong. I think the issue in the race. So he's in the one-one. Which is the dream, most races. Problem yeah. was, the horse taking him into the race was going nowhere. Tommy was able to slip clear, and then he's out to wait and go around it. You're saying, in terms of pace, he should have gone earlier, but he didn't want to go three wide into the I'm quicksand. I'm fairly ignoring all the actual, like, other, what thing, other things that go on in a race. But, yeah. you know. So I think that's the problem. He didn't want to be exposed into the quicksand too early, but in turn, the horse in front of him took him nowhere, and then all of a sudden he's had to make a longer run. Tommy's pinched a gap. You're doing the old, they're not cars, mate. I am. Yeah, it's yeah. probably fair enough too. But still, as I said, by my read of the splits, she's an unlucky loser. She's run a little bit off her best and she's extremes run a little bit below Fireburn's best and so the best of Fireburn wins that. And I think she, the way she finished to me said that she was ready to go again. She could have run her, her peak again if the scenario had allowed it. And I'm unfairly blaming that entirely on Brenton, but, you know, it's a bit of fun. Shift <laughs> I don't think anyone left or on Saturday left the races updating their view that she's extremes better than Fireburn. No. No. Well, that's a good way of putting it. That's exactly what didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. So she got beat, but she's still better. Yeah. So is Fireburn a little bit like, so I say Forbidden Love was saying before, she comes back and I'm just like, well, she's, I'm pretend this prep never happened. What are we, what about Fireburn? We've got nothing else to go on other than form in the big wet. She comes back. She's the best. I mean, they're a poor crop. Mm. And I'd say the weather has held a lot. My guess is that the weather has held a lot of them back because we've had smaller than average fields in all the two-year-old races. I'm guessing a lot of good two-year-olds have either not been able to run as fast as they would on better ground or in more normal conditions or they haven't even – their campaigns have been derailed and they haven't got either to the races at all or to the races in the sort of nick that they'll get to in the future when the sun finally comes out for the spring. So – they're a bad lot, but she's up to scratch and she's the best of them by a long way. Mm. So when they when she turns up as a three-year-old, is she, she'll be priced up, I assume, like she's the best of them still. I think in most cases when they come back, obviously it's lying in the sand job, but you want to swim against the narrative. And is the narrative going to be that she can't go on a good track or she's only a wet tracker? I'm going to want to back her first up if the market allows it. Yeah. Well, it'd be, I mean, it'll be interesting to see which, which way it goes. Does it go, well, she's a super filly and, and she's the best of her generation. She nearly she should have won a triple crown. She's a superstar. We're all in. Or does it go, nah, she's a wet tracker and a myth and the golden slipper's cursed. And Well, she's won since the slipper, so the curse is dead. Oh, is the curse broken? <laughs> I didn't realise. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be brought up again when she comes back at three that they don't train on and all that, blah, oh, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Even though she's won again. Well, even though countless superstars have come out of the golden slipper. You just don't train on if you win. Yeah, I think the best <laughs> you put it best once, saying winning the Sounds golden slipper right. is <laughs> <laughs> winning the golden slipper. You are at the top of the tree of all the two-year-olds. It's pretty hard to stay there. Well, there's only one. You can only go down. There's a bigger symmetry there. So yeah, 
But I'm hoping for Portelli. No, it's a, there's there's everything about it to like. Everything about it to like. So, you know, I hope she she proves that this wasn't a campaign in La Nina's isolation. She's not a squib, which is big. The fact mm. she went to the size and should have won the champagne, now it's like, well, you've got a bit of stamina, there's substance. So I don't think yeah. – I'll be surprised if she doesn't go on with it. Yeah. Well, as you know, going into the size, I already thought she's gone so fast in the Golden Slipper. I'm like, this is going to blow up. This is this is a this will go to pieces. But she did it again, and I'm saying she could have done it again here. So she's got real substance to it. So yeah. And as you know, running in the size and the champagne is so good for her. She's had great practice. She's got a huge base now. Why wouldn't she be a superstar of the future? Well, you know the narrative they're going to bring out already is Phillies don't win the Golden Rose. So get ready for that one. Oh, is that a... I well, they've never won it. Oh, well. So she'll be going... I'd imagine she'll be gone, Rose, and... Well, I, I did see... Back up into the I flight. I did see that um, they're talking about not doing that at all. Oh, quiet prep. Maybe she'll just have one, you know, quiet little Bondi campaign. So he's <laughs> <laughs> he's just waiting for the big wet again. But yeah, well, maybe maybe she's a... He's thinking autumn again. Mm. Delay the curse. Yeah, I certainly would be stepping around at some stage between now and the autumn because that's a long time to be get, you get very ring rusty in that time mm. and all the good work that she's done now just about worn out worn off by then but mm, she's a good feeling where are we up to what have we where have we rolled through get ready it's time for around the grounds <laughs> man that is terrible <laughs> <laughs> uh I've changed this a little bit this week. I'm going to be a little bit more creative with it so we can actually find some. Because when we did around the grounds the last couple of weeks, I was just faster speed figure based on the, you know, you're not going to make money that way. I mean, look at all the times, guys. (laughs) They're all desperate. (laughs) They're all, all the times, guys, are trying to get you to buy times information, which tells me it's no good. They're all trying to convert people, fitting on this religious of holidays. They're all out there trying to convert. If they're trying to convert people... I don't know. The more you do times, the more you realise you hate fast times because you don't make money. Anyway, I'm about to rattle off the fastest times from around. (laughs) (laughs) But with a little bit more creativity to make them actually, well, I hope, valuable of sorts. So the fastest, the the best time at Randwick was on Saturday? No. Do you want to to just have a guess for funsies? I couldn't even begin to start where. Well, it was Polly Gray. And when you think fast times, you think... Wet track Kiwi slogger Polly Gray, don't you? That was a really fast time. And in fact, Bowman. Nailed it. Well, I would almost say he left a, you know, he could have used, made even more use of her early to, if he wanted to maximise her time. But she won by five and a half. We did that to Hugh a couple of weeks ago on Honey Creep. <laughs> we, we punished him for only winning by three and a half on Honey Creep. <laughs> Won't do that to him again. But no, he got a great time out of Polly Gray. And I mean, that's just a perfect scenario for her. And the form behind is not up to much. Bar Ice Bath, who was clearly third week in a row and not on. Uh, best Caulfield was Clemenceau. Oh, nice horse. Mm. Nice horse seems like the You know who his mum is? No. Capital Commander. Nick Olive? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Canberra Connection. Mm. There you go. Well, no wonder it's got so much substance to mm. it. He ran 105 plus, And, you know, last week we were saying Scissor Step was the best time at Caulfield. This week it's Clemenceau, and both of them are Uclay's horses, which I quickly checked. I was like, where is that race? It's now called the Tobin Bronze. 
and it'll be on Thanks Today, I think, the week before the Goodwoods. They could probably back up if they wanted. But he's run the same figure as Scissor Step, and surely they go. Mm. Beautiful profile for it. That was a yeah good time race. He was strong over the top of – had a nice speed to run at, but he was fast over the top of it. Speed set up by young Liam, who was actually ridden by Jordan Childs, who is flying. Jordan Childs is the current. There's always a jockey on. Mm. He's on. Last three months, impact value 2.09. <laughs> Winning twice as much as he should by random chance and improving horses three pounds for switching on. Wrote that down. He's red hot. You could put Jordan Childs. He's the new Luke Nolan. And the market wouldn't be finding him, really, um, in terms of like he's a bit down the pecking order in Melbourne. Yeah, I mean, he's not Ollie or Damien Lane or Jamie Carr, I suppose, but he's riding like him. It's like our man Clippo in the wet. It's exactly like our man Clippo in the wet. Jordan Childs. Flying, so fine Jordan. Um, Eagle Farm was Jess Wee Bell won the beat uh, Zoo Style in the sprint up there. I, I don't know much. That. She ran 105, which is... Yeah, okay for that race, but I don't think much of it. And I didn't think much of Zoo Style's return. Do you have any opinion there? No, he was pretty plain. Yeah, I don't think a lot. The market told you that, though. Yeah, yeah, shooting for God. I mean, as I said, they've they've run the best time on that card, so which you'd almost expect. I mean, Flying Crazy beat Greenbelt in what looked a really good race, and the, the form of that race holds together strong, but the time's no good. Whereas Jess Wee Bell looks a little bit the other way to me. I mean, she doesn't. Um, she's a five-year-old mare who's had a few goes now, and she's. Um, this is a career best for her, but it hangs out a little bit on its own. And I, my vibeometer says she won't repeat it, or you know, she's not going to. You're not chasing. It, it doesn't look like big carnival form to me. Put it that way. So, quick shout out to Eagle Farm. Track is back. Yeah, that's good. Just in time mm. for Stradbroke season. Which is good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, t- it's only taken 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's back. Then across to Oakbank. Oakbank was a jumpsless Oakbank. Was Zoist. Doesn't really mean much to you, does it? Zoist ran to 99, winning a race where there were six within a length on the line, which you don't expect that to be the fastest time of the day. But it was. And that probably doesn't say much about the form, does it? Does that mean they fell in a heap? They went a good strong gallop and, yeah, Zoist came from off off speed and flashed over the top and, and grabbed them all. And, yeah, but six within a length. Um, yeah, I don't really know what. Again, and they're all pretty well exposed. Like, there's old Morvadas in there. Running a bit disappointingly, actually. Arkham Knight, who won at the Bull three or four years ago and might, I tell you what, he must be bull-bound again. Now, I don't want to pull you up. Yeah. But the precursor to this was you're going to find – ones that make us money and every one that's one you've just potted have I <laughs> <laughs> no not not Clemenceau that's a, yeah. that's a nice horse I, I mean think, I think people know he's a nice horse <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> how about this one from Hawks it keeps winning well it's no no right. no Zo- Zoist Zoist we can put in the, like he can make money he can make money okay. although Zoist I notice has done all his winning in Adelaide Zoist is 6 from 9 over in South Australia and Zip 4 in Victoria so he's got to come across the border and do it. Mm. Although not now he doesn't because it's the carnival over there. And but no, he's a he's a carnival horse over there. I'm yeah. not sure exactly, you know, lower stakes he sort of races. But yeah, that's and maybe this form will get a little bit dismissed because you know, six within a length doesn't look like much. No. Run at quirky oak bank. Arkham yeah. Knight's a hundred years old, but bull, but he is bull bound. And then we go to Perth. And I'll let you rattle off Perth, but I've got to tell you who the horse is. 
It's better bash. Did you do it again, did you? Yeah, yeah, I went through it. Because I'm doing a different system now. Ah, so right. Saying, yeah, yeah, he ran to 93. What happened? <laughs> so can he win another handicap somewhere? He's got a nice profile. Ah, uh, the only concern for him is the jockey looked to get it really right. That is going to be the problem with good times. Yeah. They've often been well-ridden to get them. So leaders who run good time I'm always a bit wary of because they've not got an easy time, but it's likely that they're not going to get as easy time next time around. Yeah. No, it's a very good point you make. And you're right. There are holes in this entire concept. But it is interesting to see around the best times at all those cards, and that is them. Oh, for sure. Next. Next will be... Ah, yes. That is just so exciting! The Bruce McAvaney Award, one for the future. You have got a few horses uh, to mention this week. There was plenty of racing. There's a lot of racing, and it felt like a lot of good racing in Victoria as well over sale. As I said, sale was a terrific meeting on the, the Good Friday there with a lot of good horses. Um, I would have said that was, I mean, it absolutely was stronger than a typical, like a midweek meeting. That was a... Oh, it was legit. Particularly for, you know, we've gone past the group ones in Melbourne, so I suppose you could loosely call it off-season. Um, so that was a genuine Saturday card there. Then we had Sandown yesterday had... Um, Hosier. Hosier was back in business in the last, would have, I haven't done, I haven't done yesterday good and proper yet, but... Um, Detonator Jack looked to run good splits again and was a huge sectionals horse the start before. So he's probably SA Derby bound, I would suggest. I think so. And he, um, the classic, like not everything went right for him yesterday as well. Like got himself out of trouble and still won yeah. easily. So good winners there. That's off big meeting at Sale where In the Boat ran, you know, I, In the Boat ran 117, which off the top of my head, who won the Galaxy? The Galaxy was won by Lord Shelby. Oh, yeah. So In the Boat's outrun the Galaxy winner. He's outrun by a pound, September run winning the William Reed. He's done this at sale mm. in the Bush Disco. Good race. The Discovery. It was a good race. It turned, it, you know, I mean, you put up half a million bucks, you expect a good race, but they got one um, and they got a good winner. So as I said, he's um, very interesting going towards the Goodwood and Uncle Bryn looked terrific. Uncle Bryn was a... Um, UK. UK, ex-Gosden, and, and he was a good candidate. He beat it. That was a good field full of interesting horses and he beat them pointlessly. Um he was with John Gosden over there, and I, the reason I remember Uncle Bryn is because he went to the Epsom Derby trial, which is actually on tonight, this day last year, and he was um, hyped up a little bit, I suppose, and all I remember is John Gosden getting interviewed and saying point blank that my three-year-olds are no good this year. There's old Uncle Bryn. <laughs> now he's down here. But he's, um, you know, it's a very different test to winning off-season handicaps in Australia or being the best of John Gosden's stable, which is absolutely jacked, so... He um he might not be golden horn, but he doesn't have to be golden horn to um to yeah. make you know to make some money. He's a good horse, and you know you'd have to have your eyes painted on not to have seen that. But he won really well. But he gets the, all this is I'm rambling on, but all this gets toppled because the horse to follow is Visanari. Oh poor Sam! <laughs> did all the work. Did all the did work, all the work the getting its feet right. Yeah, he looked back in in big business, and I know he beat absolutely nothing. Really, mm. he beat. Very limited horses off a, off a low mark, and here he is. He had Group Two form in the UK and looked like he was going to be. You know, there was a time there where he was you know, thrown up as genuine opposition for Pina Tubo, who was as good a two year old as you'll see. But he ran the best figure at Pakenham the other night by an absolute mile. The time looks great, and he just breezed through it. 
Steiner, he got control and everything. You know, when they get into a flow, nothing eyeballed him. It all goes really well, but he's run too fast for, to not be back in business. Like, that's that's something. So um, he smashed them, and, and it, you know, sometimes those are flattering. That wasn't. That was um, – that's a big win, and that's got – I'll tell you what, he's got a winter championships vibe about him. That's where they should be heading. One of the great race days. Well, he'll get up in trip, surely. Well, he'll stay a he'll stay a mile well, that's for sure. So I don't know that they'd be. Hmm. I don't know. I'll let a very good stable sort that out with him, but um, they've got plenty of horse to work with there. So he rated one hundred and nine in the UK, so that's he's a group horse. Yep, and he's back, so he gets the uh, he gets the nod. He gets the nod, and following up from last week, we're going to do this every week. Your UK Black Bookers now, their season's starting to heat up. Uh, novice stakes at Newmarket last Wednesday, and you've labelled two group horses, New London and Aldous Huxley, both to be placed into the black book. Yeah, so it was. We've had so much racing the last week. Um, just so many horses and so many good ones as well. So yeah, you had Guineas trials all last week over there, and there were some good Guineas trials. And Native Trail kicked off on that same Flemington card, won the Craven. A lot of people were very excited about it over there, which is fair enough because the Super Two year on red hundred twenty two. As a two-year-old, um, I thought he was just okay, but he was strong. He was running away from those. Perfect trial, mm. but I think he was below his his best form. I think this, the carry-on seemed to be that it was, you know, he's back better than ever and look out and blah blah blah. I thought, yeah, he's 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 pretty good. He should win like that. And so yes, I've I've rolled on to the. Um, I should touch on all the other Guinness trials as well. There was um, Perfect Power one in fast time over Lasalle. At Newbury, and it was fast time. They ran about thirty-two pounds quicker than the Phillies trial, which was won by Wild Beauty. So I, re- my read of that is that Wild Beauty is going to stay further than that. And so if she was able to beat them off a slow pace there, if you were behind Wild Beauty on Saturday night, give up. Yeah, you're done. Um, but she might be a nice horse for something over a bit further, French Oaks or something like that. Um, Perfect Power won pretty fast. I think the general consensus there was that he's a question mark at a mile, and I would agree with that. And I would also agree that he's probably a peg below what's going to win a guineas and more likely to run third or fourth there and then never run over a mile again. That's what that, that vibes. But yeah, the horse to follow after all that rambling is actually back in a novice, which was New London and Aldous Huxley. They're both three-year-olds and it's a little bit like the um, the Frank Packer plate. <laughs> there's a the old Hampton Court, Tercentenary. There's a 2,000-metre group three at Royal Ascot. Oh, New London and Aldous Huxley, they've run 1-2 in a novice here for 10 grand. They'll run 1-2 in that Group 3 in June. Put, just write that in your Black Book entry there. How's that for a Black Book service? Yeah. I'll give you the Cornella for a race in two months. <laughs> but they ran, um, they cleared out on the rest. It's fast time, best time on that card. And I reckon they ran, hang on, let me just double confirm that before I start saying something stupid. No, that's wrong. Native Trail was faster than them. <laughs> no, I immediately take that back. But they weren't miles slower than Native Trail and they're fast late as well. So a really nice combination of overall time and sectionals and profile. And there's a whole lot to like about them. So New London and Aldous Huxley. One, two, Tercentenary. I think they run it on the Thursday night at Royal Ascot. There you go, punters. The interesting thing with Native Trail, whenever we get the start of a season, I find anywhere and a big dog comes back. Everyone's so amped that the horses are back. So they do get a bit of extra salt and pepper. Yeah, so once they pull clear and they win, it's like, oh, they'll just never beat him again. It was a nice, it was a really nice start, but he beat 
pretty basic form. It's hard to rate it. Well, I find it hard to rate it without making plenty of assumptions. It's hard to rate it up near his two-year-old form. He's going to be short price favourite. Yeah, he'll be um, he'll be short in the guineas. I would imagine getting him beat. Ah, oh, I mean, I'll be I'll be desperately trying. Although he'll be the ratings horse there as well. So he'll be staring at you in the face. Yeah, yeah. we'll probably um, on the podcast we'll announce in the the best ratings horse of the week. I'll uh, get creative and try and find ways to beat him, and I'll do my money. How good's racing? 